what is reverse causality? So a lot of people in online and what have you, they'll post a study showing that low LDL cholesterol shows that you have increased all-cause mortality. The lower the LDL cholesterol, for example, the higher the all-cause mortality. So they're like, wait a second, this makes no sense. Or maybe they think it makes sense. They're like, oh yeah, see, cholesterol is not the bad guy. Cholesterol is really, really good for you because at a normal cholesterol around 140 or what have you, they pick a number from each study, depending on which study they're looking at. They pick a number like, well, at a cholesterol of 140, that's when uh, people live the longest or didn't reduce their mortality. Anything above 140, you had increased mortality. Anything below 140, and you, you had increased mortality. And the further away you got from the 140 in either direction, mortality went up. So this is a case of reverse causality at best, plus a lot of co-founders and multiple variables that they don't account for or they accounted for it wrong. And we'll go through all of that in a second here to explain all this. But what is reverse causality? So let's say um, we, I'll use the example of smoking. Smoking and depression seem to go together. People who smoke uh, are also depressed. So a lot of times you'll see that they're on antidepressant medications. So people could conclude incorrectly that smoking causes depression. You could do that. You could draw up a chart, put the y-axis, x-axis, smokers on this side, you know, percentage of people depressed on that side. More smokers, the more you smoke, the more depressed you are, right? So is the smoking causing depression or is it that people who are depressed try to use smoking to alleviate their depression? So that's the that's like a, an example of reverse causality. Is the smoking causing people to be depressed or is the depression trying to be people who are depressed want to alleviate their depression by smoking more so that's kind of what it comes down to and you can find this in like almost any study you know any cohort anything you're trying to prove uh over time there's this thing called reverse causality so in the in the case of cholesterol people generally who have really 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 low ldl cholesterol they are cancer patients and stage copd they're severely malnourished and what have you. And so they die more. They're on death's bed. And some of the studies, like the Danish study or the Korean study, tried to correct for those. They tried to correct for end-stage COPD, end-stage cancer, end-stage some of these things. But they didn't always do it accurately enough or correctly enough. There was a new study published in October 2013. It's just brilliant. Like literally just this last month or week or whatever. And they wanted to say, listen, we get that. You can come up with all these studies to show this, but when you actually do the correct covariate corrections and the confounders, so confounders are like things that may um, lower the accuracy of a study. So for example, let's say you look at everybody with LDL cholesterol, the higher, the better, whatever you want to call it. But there's some had some, they didn't correct for how many people smoked or their BMI or how many other disease states they had, you know, that could be a problem. That's problematic. You don't want to have uh, and a study that doesn't correct for a lot of baseline artifacts. Like, you can't compare smokers to non-smokers, you know, directly. You should compare within smokers. You can't compare men to women. You can't compare people with a low BMI to high BMI. You can't compare people with heart failure to people without heart failure. You have to compare similar cohorts. Like, you have to look at all people with a BMI of 18, who smoke, who also have diabetes, who also have this, and whether their LDL cholesterol is high or low. So the LDL is the only variable. 
not just, you know, well, you know, we looked across the whole population and people with low LDL died more. No, that, that's nonsense. You, you're going to have like, they also had some more smoking. They also had whatever. They also had cancer. Like, you know, that, that makes no sense. So I'm just going to read you this chapter from my new cholesterol book called Understanding Reverse Causality. It's on page 302. As of now, it might end up on a different page. But it's fantastic. It's colored. It's got like amazing, beautiful charts in all different colors. Um, I think you guys will really, really like this one. But I think it's important to understand this concept of reverse causality. If you want to know when the cholesterol book comes out, it's going to be really, really soon. Go to dralo.net, dralo.net slash cholesterol. And or if you click on the links in my uh, podcast, it should take you one of them should say, find out when my cholesterol book is coming out, something like that. So I highly recommend getting the book eventually, not trying to sell you books or anything, but the pictures and the graphics and the, you know, the evidence that's all built into there is just um, amazing, according to me, obviously. Um, But the people who have seen it are like, oh my God, I did go on live TikTok the other day and I showed people some of the graphics and they were just like, wow, I cannot wait for that book to come out. The graphics and the illustrations are just beautiful. But here we go. I'm just going to read you this chapter. A recent article from October 2023 looked at 4.4 million veterans and the association between high and low cholesterol levels and explained the phenomenon of reverse causation. They did an excellent job of explaining why, in some of the studies, it looks like low LDL cholesterol may increase death rates. The article has brilliant graphics, charts, and a great discussion section explaining why you may see this relationship in these large trials. One of the most important points they make is that most of these studies, like the Danish study and the Korean study, did not correctly adjust for covariates. Covariates are medical conditions that exist along with the elevated cholesterol. They adjusted for medical conditions that were newly diagnosed within three years before before, uh, baseline. These included hypertension, diabetes, atrial fibrillation, heart failure, anemia, coronary artery disease, cancer, stroke, dementia, depression, kidney disease, liver disease or cirrhosis, and lung disease. They also looked at income levels and current or past smoking status. They also looked at initiation of statin use and what and at what age statin and at what age statin was initiated and whether or not the patient stopped statin therapy. They adjusted for age, race, sex, BMI, and the usual demographics as well. They also removed death rates that occurred within the first two years of follow-up to reduce the potential of reverse causality. So in this study, they did whatever they could to remove the potential reverse causality. The other studies tried to, to do it as well, Um, But this one just did like a much better job of it. Back to the text. In essence, they found ways of correcting for covariates that were not correctly adjusted for in other trials. Here is the graphic from the paper. So in this graphic, they show the same thing. Really high cholesterol or the the cholesterol level on one side and the ratio of cardiovascular mortality on the other side. Hazard ratios. So you'll notice that there's a blue J-shaped curve or U-shaped curve, a orange U-shaped curve, and a uh, single green one 
that is the one that they corrected for everything. So in model one, which is the blue model, they only corrected for age, sex, race, and smoking status. And you'll see the blue one showed that a cholesterol, LDL, or total cholesterol of around 200 people live the longest. Anything lower than that has a higher, higher hazard ratio, and anything above that has a higher hazard ratio. In model two, they corrected for everything in model one, which was the age, sex, race, and smoking status, plus statin therapy, BMI, hypertension, and diabetes. That is the orange one. The orange line there showed very similar results to the uh, blue line. However, the hazard ratio for very low levels of serum cholesterol ended up much lower on the y-axis. Um, same uh, On the x-axis, it was the same. It goes As your cholesterol goes higher, the higher the death rates regardless of what you have. The last model was Model 3, which corrected everything in Model 1 and 2, plus they looked at HDL, 11 baseline diseases, and a two-year lag time because they wanted to eliminate people who died in the first two years to eliminate the potential of reverse causality. Now back to the text. As you can see above, the blue and orange lines are the unadjusted models. You'll notice at a total cholesterol of around 200 milligrams per deciliter, you had the lowest cardiovascular mortality. They use this to demonstrate how easy it is to show that higher low cholesterol levels both increase death rates with a U-shaped curve. The blue line, M1, was the first model which only accounted for the covariates of age, race, sex, and smoking status. The orange model, M2, included everything from M1 and also corrected for statin usage, BMI, and hypertension. However, when you adjust for 11 baseline diseases as well as M1 and M2 and add a two-year lag time to reduce to reduce the effect of reverse causality, you end up with the green line, which shows without question that the higher the total cholesterol, the higher the cardiovascular mortality across all age groups. You'll also notice that mortality rates start to rise at a total cholesterol of over 150 milligrams per deciliter on the adjusted green lines. This is the correct way to do such an analysis and should eliminate all doubt. There is no way that a properly done study could demonstrate that low LDL cholesterol or total cholesterol would increase cardiovascular mortality. Another interesting chart from the study. Um, when statin therapy was initiated, and there's another chart here with the same thing, a lime green, dark green, and a purple line. When statin therapy was initiated, you had a significant rightward shift of the curve with significant reductions and delays in cardiovascular mortality. Read the article here, and there's a link. We have already gone over the mountains of evidence and data in other parts of this book on the benefits of lipid-lowering therapy. In science, it's very important to look at the totality of evidence. You can easily find one study that proves whatever you want. Want to find a study that shows that eating green lizards reduces the risk of stroke? There probably is one. Want a study to show that russet potatoes are harmful to humans? There is one. In fact, you can design a study or meta-analysis to prove almost anything. One famous group of authors actually did this, mainly to sell a book. It is dishonest, shameful, and deceitful. I prefer to add disgusting as well. These are the authors of the Cholesterol Myth Book, Let's dig deeper. And the next chapter in the book is debunking the cholesterol myth book. So we'll leave that one for another day. 
But anyways, that is the chapter on reverse causality with this most recent fully explained analysis of it. Highly recommend you look at this article. I'm sure it's easy to find. Um, it, it was published in the American Heart Association Journal. Um, if you go to ahajournals.org, the DOI number um, ends in 123.030496. Um, it's in the book. When you get it, you'll get, you'll get the book and you'll see it there. Highly recommend you read this if you're interested in like medical statistics and how to correctly account for certain covariates. Super important. And that's all for today's episode. I will catch you in the next one. Peace.